Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to grab your Bibles, if you will. And I'm going to modify this message a little bit because I, we've went into time with testimony, and I promise I'll be done by midnight tonight. So you have my word on that. I'll be done preaching by midnight. You've got my word on that. John chapter 4, I want to take you into a very, very phenomenal, epic story. It's a beautiful story. And it is a story that is really about the transformation of hearts. That's what Jesus does. It's the transformation of hearts. He's so good at it, isn't he? Are you with me? But also something happens in this very unique story concerning the transformation of hearts. There's a heart that Jesus touches in this story that is very profound. And because transformation comes to one individual heart, it actually breaks open an entire city and it breaks open an entire region. Are you with me tonight? Do I still have you? Seriously, do I still have you? I, I want you to really engage in this word, okay? Please engage in this word. But this is a beautiful story, and as, as we read along, I, w- I just want to drop some things into the foundation. As you read this, you've, you've read it maybe many times. Maybe you're reading this tonight for the first time. We don't know everybody in this room. But there's a, there's a person in this story that Jesus reaches into their heart and soul and transforms this individual. And you might think perhaps they are the most unlikely candidate. The most unlikely candidate that Jesus chooses actually to use as a tool to break open an entire city and an entire region. This is so powerful. And what happens is, is because of this exchange, because of what Jesus speaks, remember what Jesus said in John 6, he said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. My words, they are spirit and they are life. And when his word was released, it broke something open inside of her heart. Revival always begins. Revival always begins personally. (coughs) And then it breaks forth in a city I got to take a drink. Talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) I have been talking so much today, praying so hard for people, singing my guts out, and now I got to (laughs) preach. So, where was I? Revival always begins in an individual's heart. But then it also has the power, because it's the Holy Spirit, that can break forth into a city and a region, and it can also go national and international. There's no limits in our God. Amen? There's no limits in our God. Something I I also want you to see before we begin to read the text is that the disciples were always being put in very uh, unusual, stretching situations because of Jesus. Jesus uh, had a way of making these disciples feel very uncomfortable. Let me tell you, revival ministry is very messy. 
it's not really uh, neat and sanitary. Real revival ministry becomes very, very messy, but it's very necessary. And as Jesus would flow in the Holy Spirit in union with his Father, and in John 5, it also says, Jesus says, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what I hear my Father saying. It would put the disciples in very peculiar, unusual situations. And sometimes they were the very closest, but sometimes they didn't even know how to read the situation. And when we look at this text tonight, you're going to be looking at it and kind of feel yourself in the story in the press of them trying to make heads or tails what is going on as they watch Jesus minister. Tonight, I want you to set yourself into this story. There's a reason why I believe I'm supposed to bring this word. is because we believe the Holy Spirit is preparing us to launch us into the greatest awakening, the greatest awakening, harvest time, the greatest harvest of souls on planet Earth, the harvest of nations, the harvest of the United States, the harvest of cities. Are you with me tonight? We thank you, Lord. Awesome. And so verse 1, therefore the Lord, the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Remember who was John? That was John the Baptist, remember? He was out in the wilderness. And he, was, he was baptizing. And though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, evidently what happened, Jesus was teaching his disciples how to baptize. Ready? So he left Judea, we're in verse 3, and he had departed again to Galilee, but he needed, this is powerful, he needed to go through Samaria. I want to just suggest to you that tonight he had harvest on his mind, and that's why he needed to go through Samaria. Verse 5, and so he came to the city of Samaria, which is also called Sakar. Near the plot of ground where Jacob gave his son to Joseph. Now, what's interesting, if you're taking notes tonight, the word sakar, it means place of intoxication, place of drunkenness. You got to write it down tonight. What's going on here? Why, why does Jesus have need of bringing them into the wild side of the city? Are you catching this? All right, two people are starting to catch my drift tonight. Jesus had need to go somewhere that was going to become radical and wild. Are you getting this? It's Sakar means place of intoxication, place of drunkenness. How I many you know place of drunkenness gets pretty radical? Anything can happen, right? I mean, can you imagine the disciples? Hey, uh, uh, Jesus, why are we going this way? Well, I have need to go. <laughs> They're like, oh boy. They're already walking with him uncomfortable. Like, this is going to get radical. What is about to happen? We've already been in uh, enough scenarios and situations already. What is about to happen when we get over on that side of the tracks or when we go on that side of town? Come on, I'm, sorry, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Are you hearing me tonight? What's going to happen when God starts stretching us out and says, now I want you to go and pitch your tent over there? 
And now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, he was being wearied from his journey. He sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. This is, I love this, that it says that Jesus was weary from the journey. It means that Jesus, because he took on the form of a man, he literally was rugged and wore down. But though he was worn out, he was still tuned in. You can be very worn out. I'm very worn out standing here, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm tuned in. And a woman from Samaria, she came and she drew some water. Jesus said, hey, hey, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And then the woman of Samaria said, uh, how is it you being a Jew, ask me, uh, a Samaritan woman, to give you a drink? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. In other words, uh, hey, uh, why don't you stick to your social distancing? You're, you're crossing the line a little bit. I, I, you're not supposed to be speaking to me. I'm the Samaritan. You're the Jew. And we all know we don't mix very well. We don't get along. Why are you talking to me? So she was, she was a little on edge. It's good to know Jesus wasn't only making the disciples uncomfortable. He was making people all over uncomfortable. <laughs> Can Jesus make us uncomfortable? Huh. That's good. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, uh, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is very deep. Uh, where are you going to get your living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well, drank from him himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I give to him will become in him, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, uh, give me this water that I may thirst, that, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Ah, here it goes. You ready? Are you ready for Jesus to start making you a little uncomfortable? Watch what he says next. Jesus said to her, um, Go and call your husband and come here. Go and call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. But Jesus said to her, you've said well that you have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband. And so in that, you've spoken truly. Whoa. 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 I, I thought we were talking about water, and then all of a sudden, Jesus goes for the juggler. <laughs> Jesus changes the conversation very quickly. And what Jesus does is he's drawn her in. He's trying to see, he's trying to see where her level of discernment is. He's watching. She's talking. But then he goes to the most intimate issue, hear this, he goes to the most intimate issue of her life. And the most intimate issue of her life is that she has to have a man. 
Have you ever known women like that? They just had to have a man. They couldn't be alone. And they went from man to man to man to man. That was her problem. Notice that Jesus said, yeah, you've been married five times, and you're with another man. So five plus one is? But now she had just met the seventh man, the perfect man. Are you with me? Are you with me? And then, I love the response. The woman said to him, "Uh, Sir, I I perceive you're a prophet. (laughs) I I love this. Uh, I I perceive you're a prophet. Hmm. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. You Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Before we read on in verse 25, I just want you to just grab a hold of this tonight. When Jesus introduces this language to us here, Jesus is actually teaching us something about the very nature and the character of our Father. The very nature and the character of our Father is this. Our Father seeks you out. Our Father seeks people out. A lot of times we, we, we give testimony and say, well, I found the Lord. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah, well, I found the Lord. Yeah, he, he was lost. He was out on a walk. And I, he was down at some pub, some bar. I found him there. True story, a friend of mine. How many of you know Dutch Sheets? Dutch, Dutch and his brother Tim and his sister Carol, they, they went through something really terrible when they were young. And uh, their, their dad was a powerful minister, but their dad had a terrible failing in his life, which later, much later in life, was wonderfully restored. But when their family completely fell apart, Dutch really fell into alcohol. He was drinking and drinking, and he was sitting in a, in a bar one night. And all of a sudden, the voice of the Lord spoke to Dutch, and he said, Son, what are you doing here? And he thought... God is talking to me in a bar. (laughs) He spoke out loud and he said, well, what are you doing here? (laughs) That's a true story. God seeks people out. But there's someone in particular who he's hungry for. He's hungry for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and truth. And I love this. I love this interaction between this woman who's got a lot of intimacy problems. She's got a lot of issues. She's got a lot of man 
issues, yet she meets Jesus, and Jesus initiates. And she's brought in now to Jesus courting her, and now he's releasing the Father's pure love over her. And the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Wow. And at that point, the disciples came. Ha <laughs> ha, bum, bum, bum. You ready? Here they come. And they marveled that he talked to the woman. And yet, no one said, uh, what do you seek? Or why are you talking to her? They, look at that. They marveled. They marveled. I want you to remember this. It may actually surprise you in this hour who Jesus starts talking to. It may actually cause you to marvel in this hour who Jesus starts talking to. Little Kanye West up in here or something. I know what you were thinking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the woman then left her water pot, went into the city, and said to the men, or and said to the men, Come and see the man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they went out of the city and came to him. Now, listen to this conversation. I'm in verse 31. Are you looking at it? It's behind me. And meanwhile, the disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. <laughs> but he said, uh, I have food of which you do not know about. Wow. I have food to eat of which you do not know. And therefore, the disciples, they said to one another, has, has anyone uh, brought him anything to eat? I mean, uh, who snuck a Snickers bar to Jesus when we weren't looking? I mean, I don't understand it. And then Jesus turns to them. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Oh, this is so powerful. And do not say that there is still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this saying is true, one sows, another one reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored, and others have labored for which you have entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans, watch this, and many of the Samaritans in that city believed in him because of the word which the woman testified, he told me everything I ever did. And so when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with, him, with them, and he stayed there two more days. And many more believed because of his own word. That's powerful. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world.
She may have been the most unlikely candidate. She may have been the most unlikely candidate. Her life was in total disarray. Yet Jesus, remember how, remember how the story started? Guys, I have need to go to Samaria. And where are we going, Jesus? We're going to Sychar. Sychar, great, great, Jesus. The place of the wild parties, the place of drunkenness, the place of intoxication. Where are we going next, Brian? Where are we going, Shane? Well, I mean, what if we just said we're going down to MLK? Oh, great, we're going down to the MLK area where all the murders happen in the city of Sarasota. That just sounds really exciting. We'd be stretched. We'd be stretched. We did well, very well, in our parking lot. I mean, you're to be, you're to be commended. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, how many remember the, the movie, What About Bob? I'm baby stepping. I'm doing the work. I'm baby stepping. I'm ba- remember that? Remember? I'm baby stepping. I'm doing the work. So, so we, we left the sanctuary <laughs> and we went 60 feet out and we did really good. Go ahead and give yourself a hand. We did tremendous, but we, we took baby steps and that's good. And hundreds of people came. And it was amazing. But it is just the beginning. It's just first fruits. But the Lord wants to stretch us and develop us all the more this year. We're going to get a 500-seat tent. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna double the seating capacity in this room. The tent's going to go outside. We're going to have some meetings outside. I'm going to have some friends come, some new friends too, and we're going we're gonna to get radical. We're going to get radical. Then, then we're going to see where the Lord wants us to take the tent around the city, and then it's going to get even more radical. It's going to get radical. It's going to get radical. And, and you're going to get uncomfortable. Amen. Go ahead and give yourself a hand. Hey, you're going to get uncomfortable. Hey, we love it. And I'm right there along with you. I'm going to be uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm going to be uncomfortable too. I'm going to let the Lord stretch me too. I'm going to let the Lord stretch us. I'm going to let the Lord grow us. The Lord wants to put us into opportunities where we grow and we stretch. And where it's a little uncertain. But why? Because the Father is hungry and the Father is seeking those who long to worship Him in spirit and in truth. I hope it doesn't bother you when our children are up here with these flags and they're hitting people. I get smacked in the head sometimes. We have such a little dinky area for worship. I can't wait till the day that our sanctuary is. I just, I, I look forward to it. Let me just tell you right now. I really look forward to it. And we're, we're really packed tonight. I mean, look around. We, if we have 20 more people, uh, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're packed. We're abs- I mean, I, I know the camera's right here, but we're absolutely packed. And so, 
Guys, the Lord is hungry. The Lord is hungry. He's hungry for our city. And the Lord wants to put his hunger on the inside of us. And so that we feel his heart and we start weeping the way he weeps. We start feeling what he feels. And that, and that we start smelling the stench that he smells that's coming up out of our city that grieves him. That's why we laid hands on our people and commissioned them to go to Planned Parenthood. There is a demonic, vile stench. We're in one of the most beautiful cities in this great state. I think we're the crown jewel, honestly, of Florida. I love Sarasota, but I'm going to tell you what. There is a sound. There is a frequency in this city that is going on. It's like, how many of you remember vinyls? Remember vinyls? Not, don't, we're not going to eight tracks, just vinyls. How many of you remember vinyls? But you remember how you could, you could just take that needle, it, well, let's just say you didn't do that, on accident, and you just press that, and that, that, that pressing down of the needle that goes into that vinyl, and if you had it cranked up really loud, it, it almost destroyed you. There's, there's a frequency in this city that very few believers are hearing yet. And it's a frequency that God is bothered about. And we've got to let God bother us. We've got to let God bother us. We've got to let God get our ear tuned to what He's feeling and what He's hearing and what He's sensing so that we gain a strategy to say, God, what is on your heart to do? And, and may we have the courage as a family to enter into what you want to do. Are you willing to look ridiculous? I am. I already do. When the Lord called me, the Lord told me many, many things, many, many things. But one of the things the Lord told me, he said, I, when I call you, when I send you there, he says, I'm not sending you there to be respectable. I'm sending you there to be responsible for the spiritual destiny of that region. I can only say that because the Lord said that to me. I can only say that because the Lord said that to me. So as a family, we're growing. We're maturing in the Lord. We're growing. We're growing in love. There's such a spirit of unity in this church. We have no trouble. We have no problems in our church. We have such a spirit of unity. We are so blessed. While many churches are closed, I mean, guys, we only missed seven or eight weeks out of 2020, and we've met this whole time. We are so blessed. So blessed. And the Lord, the Lord has been telling us harvest time is coming. Get ready. Harvest time is coming. Get ready. He wants to thrust us into the harvest. It's going to get messy. Write it down somewhere. It's going to get messy. Get a tattoo of it. I'm just kidding. It's going to get messy. I don't have any tattoos. Everybody just relax. Now, my son has one. He has, has a nice one. <laughs> How many of you know that Jesus was masterful at connections? He was masterful outside of the church or outside of the synagogue. Think about him meeting Zacchaeus up in the tree. It's such a great story. 
there's Jesus just yelling at the sky, making this grand connection. There's just, I mean, can you imagine being in the, in the congregation and Jesus is talking to this dude in the tree? It's, it's wild. He, he connects with the heart of the woman at the well. He jumps into a fisherman's boat and just lets it rip. He, he stops by funerals. And things really change when he goes to funerals. He wrecks them, right? He wrecks them. This is one of my favorites. It's found in John 5. And Jesus sets this demonized man free who's running around buck naked with chains on him. And, and, and no one can contain him. And he, and he likes to sleep and live in the graveyard in the city called the, the area, the region of the Gadarenes. And it's, it's, it's on this area, if you're standing at the Sea of Galilee, and those of you that were there with us, if you looked over from Tiberias and you looked towards the north, towards Jordan, the nation Jordan, it was the region of the Gadarenes. And this guy, he, he, had, he had problems. He couldn't even keep clothes on, okay? He was filled with the devil, and Jesus sets this man free. Jesus steps off the boat. This man runs to Jesus' feet. And all of these demons in him cannot stop this man from lifting his hands and worshiping Jesus. All these demons in him can't even stop the man from worshiping Jesus. Jesus cast every devil out of him. Then the man begs him, begs him, can I go with you? Can I be your disciple? Jesus said, no. I want you to stay here. And I want you to go and tell all your friends what the Lord has done for you. I mean, can you imagine his ministry? Hey, I know I look really different with clothes on. But do you, re- do you remember the guy? Do you, re- do you guys remember the guy who used to run in the tombs? That was me. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, I've seen you before. <laughs> Four of you got that. Okay. Jesus was radical about personal connections. It was beautiful. But all the while, the disciples were being put in places that would stretch them. It was uncomfortable for them. Think about it. Jesus knew his mission, and he was unstoppable. What if the Lord wants to take us to a place that's dirty? What if the Lord wants to take us to a place that's dangerous? I'm asking these questions because the church has been really struggling for an entire year with just sitting next to each other. And i got to be honest with you. I think it's pitiful. I think it's pitiful that we've preached faith and then what they've called a pandemic, which is nothing but a scamdemic, hits our country, hits our country, and many other countries, the church can't meet anymore. We can't have meetings anymore. You got to wear a mask. You can't touch anybody. You can't give a hug. And all the while, Shane, think, think how many people, Janique, think how many people came masked up today and their windows went down. And when we touched them, when we reached through put our head down, and just talked. And then I said, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you right now? 
And when I touched them and I began to speak the word of the Lord over them, water works. The touch. I'm telling you, the world needs you. The world needs you. The world needs us. The world needs the church that Jesus is building because the gates of hell don't prevail against it. The world needs this church. The world needs a powerhouse church that's full of love, that's willing to touch, that's willing to touch. My goodness, Jesus was touching lepers, folks. I, I am so moved. This, this meeting will be over. The lights will go off. The air conditioners will go off. I'll go home. I'm going to be up really late tonight. I'm tired, but I'm high in God. And I'll drink, a, I'll drink a cup of coffee really late tonight and just enjoy it and be with the Lord. And the house will get quiet. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be thinking about. I'm going to be thinking about the rivers of tears that I saw today. I mean rivers of tears. I'm so impacted. I don't want us to miss the harvest that Jesus is so hungry for. I don't want to miss it. I'm going to close with two powerful scriptures. In Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus says, The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus knew his mission, and he was unstoppable. Jesus knew his mission. Folks, may the Lord undress us from any religious garment that we're embarrassed to talk to anyone, anywhere, to stop our life, to talk to anyone, anywhere. There are so many times that I have, I have transactions between people at gas stations and places throughout the city and community if we can just kind of de-escalate our lives and our world from all the stuff so that we can walk more in rhythm with the Holy Spirit and more in congruence with the Holy Spirit, that we're in a flow, that we're in a flow, and we recognize moments that people desperately need to hear the word of the Lord in your mouth. They need to hear the good word in your mouth. They need your... Listen... How many of you remember, I just want to remind you, you're powerful. How many of you remember, you're anointed? People need to hear Jesus through your voice. They need to hear the river of his presence flowing up through you. They need to feel the power of Jesus through your hands. They need you. Last scripture tonight, Matthew 9. I'd, I want you to look at these four verses. Matthew 9. The Lord's really helped my voice tonight. I've really felt it. Boy, I needed it. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities... And villages. Man, wow. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, 
preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Who? Who? If you don't know that it's God's will to heal, read your Bible. If you don't know yet that it's God's will to heal every time, read your Bible. Did you see that? He was healing every sickness, every disease. That's where our faith has to be. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary. Man, that, that's the word that pierced me when I was getting ready for this message tonight. They were weary. I saw people today that were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. But then he said to his disciples, here it is, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray. There it is. You don't do anything without prayer. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out. That send out literally means commission. It's the word ekbelo. Commission labors into the harvest. I say, Lord, make us harvesters. I say we pray that over our lives. Lord, make us harvesters. Make us harvesters. Let us burn with the things that burn in the heart of God. I want to close with these thoughts. I really want to close right here. I, be, I believe this is, this, is the, this is the point. We cannot just think in the realm of the church any longer. Now, I, I realize that those of you that, I mean, look, Victory Church of His Presence is almost three and a half years old. But all through this three and a half years, something you've been engaging in, and it's that we have been pursuing with the heart of God strongly to see the kingdom of God come, not only in the church mountain, but in the government mountain. And there's many mountains, and God wants us to take these mountains and take the flag of Emmanuel and ascend to the summit and plant His flag but we can't just think in the realm of church anymore. We are called to transform schools. We're called to transform neighborhoods. We're even called to transform churches. I, told, I talked about Zinzendorf last week out of Germany and how the Moravians, they sent forth the missionaries they sent two types of missionaries. One was to, to save the lost. The other was to save the dead church. The Lord wants to transform schools. He wants to transform neighborhoods. The Lord wants to transform beaches. The Lord wants us to go after every social playing field. For some of you, the Lord's going to give you ideas on how to preach the gospel on the internet. The Lord's going to give you creativity to be able to go after people on the internet to preach the gospel and to use it for what it was really created for. 
the Lord may give you a beach. The Lord may give you a school. The Lord may give you a neighborhood. Where is your field? Where is your field? I think that has to be our prayer. I'm asking that personally, Lord, where is my field? Where is my field and where else do you want me? Where else do you want me? Closing thought. A farmer can only see his field. A rancher is one who sees multitudes of fields. I'll say it to you like this. A farmer is someone who, it's almost like they look through a straw and all they can see is their field. Yet a rancher sees the multitudes of fields. We don't want to be a people who just looks through a straw and all we think about, let's just change the word from field to our church. This is not all that we need to be seeing. I pray all the time for other ministers and pastors and pastor's wives and elders and leaders and teachers in this region. I see them. And I know we're in great need. We're in great need of major, pure revival in this region. Major, pure revival. So let's be asking the Lord, where's my field? Where's my authorization? Where do you want me? How do you want me to do it? Amen? Yours, not Brian's, yours. It could be a neighborhood. It could be a neighborhood. It could be a school. Are, are you hearing this? Don't just be thinking church right now. Think a sphere of business. You entrepreneurs, where's God calling you? How will God use you? How will God use you to become a voice to that sphere? That's where he's calling you to go. You know why? Because you have need to go there. You have need to go there. Amen. Let's stand tonight. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. What a night. Those of you online tonight, those of you in this building tonight, I want to I speak to each one of you. We don't know everyone in this room. We don't know everyone online. Tonight is the night of salvation. Oh, my gosh. Tonight is the night of salvation. If you have come into this room and you know, I mean, you know, I've got to give my life to Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, he loves you. He loves you. Tonight is the night to give your life and your purpose and your destiny to Jesus. I want you to pray with me, church, right now. Just pray with me. Those of you that are watching online, those of you in this building tonight, tonight is the night to give your life to Jesus. And I don't want to embarrass anyone in any way, but you would say tonight, Brian, I know tonight I've got to give my life. I've got to give my life to the Lord. If that's you and you're, you're in this room, I just want you to wave at me. I know I need to give my life to the Lord. That's me, Brian. I want to come back to the Lord. I once had a relationship with the Lord, but I want to come back to the Lord. I want to reestablish my relationship with the Lord. I, I'm a prodigal. I was once 
loving the Lord, but now I'm away and I want to come home. If that's you, just wave at me so I can see you and I know who you are. Okay. Okay, that's great. That's great. All right. That means we're all home folk and we're all family. So those of you online, Father, wherever this is going, tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that your anointing and the power of your word that has been released tonight by the authority of the name of Jesus, if you're out there tonight, you know you need to give your life to Jesus. You, you once knew the love of God. I implore you, come home. I implore you, come home. Come, return back to the Lord. Your destiny was never to be a prodigal. Your destiny was to be a son, to be a daughter, not to be a slave to sin. In the name of Jesus, come home tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those of you in the room with us tonight, would you just lift your hands to receive from the Holy Spirit? Lord, I just thank you for this powerful night. And I know it's not over, but Lord, I pray even now, Holy Spirit, that you supersede what I've released and what I've preached tonight. As I've moved with you, Lord, that you instruct your sons, you direct your sons, you direct your daughters, Lord. You bring us into our heavenly calling for this hour, Lord, and that corporately, Lord, that you will take us and plunge us into your will, into the fields, into the regions, God, to release captives and bring in the harvest of souls. And if you agree with me tonight, I want you to shout a mighty hallelujah. Your kingdom come, Father. Your kingdom come, Father. Your will be done, Father. Here, here in our lives, here in our lives, here in Sarasota, here in America, here in Florida, as it is in heaven. So, Father, tonight to the north, the south, the east, and the west, we speak to the harvest to come forth, and we speak we're going into the harvest. We speak that Florida is ripe unto harvest. Florida is ripe under revival. Florida is ripe unto awakening. And nothing will stop it. Nothing will stop it. No agenda out of Washington will be able to stop or quench what you are going to do in the state of Florida. We decree it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout revival tonight. Shout revival. Shout awakening. Shout outpouring. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. More fire. More fire. More fire. More fire. Holy Spirit, light the fire. Light the fire. Holy Spirit, light the fire. Light the fire on souls tonight. Light the fire in men in this room. Light the fire, Holy Spirit, upon women in this room. Woo! God, make us a catalyst, an ignition, God, of revival in this hour. God, may we burn for souls. May we burn for the lost. May we burn for our children. 
May we burn for our schools. May we burn for this region. Oh, God. Oh, God. Let it be. Let it be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are you agreeing with my prayer over us tonight? Are you agreeing with this prayer over us tonight? Are you agreeing with it? Take hold of it. 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 it, What the Holy Spirit's pouring out. Sometimes my voice can just be going out over you, but you're not engaging in it. You got to mix faith with it. You got to mix faith with it right now. Mix faith with it. In Jesus' name. Light the fire, Holy Spirit. Light the fire. Light the fire. Light the fire. Thank you, Lord. If you're in the room tonight, we're going to dismiss in just a minute, but if you're in the room tonight and you've got a really, really special need, we're going to open the altars tonight. We're going to be praying for a number of people. You've got a need. You need a miracle. You need a miracle in here. We want to pray for you. Listen, we love you. We bless you. You're anointed. You're powerful. God's commissioned you. Run with fire. Love you, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.